Welcome to episode 115 of The Space in Between. And we are doing this again, the self-discovery session. Today, we have Michelle, who will be sitting with us and sharing a bit of her story. And again, you get to look in and see and experience and feel what a self-discovery session is. So a number of you have reached out to me over the past few months inquiring about what it is and what it's all about. So we thought, let's let's go ahead and have you experience it yourself. So thankfully, Michelle volunteered her time, her energy, her story, and I'm really looking forward to sharing her with you all in just a moment. But a couple things happening in nomad land. First of all, if you are interested in experiencing your own self-discovery session, you can head over to nomadalwaysathome.com and just follow about me to me, Phoebe, and you can book a session with me over there. And um, if you are looking for more of a community where you're going to have something like that, but more in a community setting, you can sign up for Who Are You Becoming? This is my six-week program where you have a self-paced course over at Teachable. This is offering you my movement practice and a video and playlist and meditations and journal prompts and other really practical tools and also expanded awareness tools that will enhance who you are right now so that you can feel that you're embodying who you want to become fully. So you can head over to nomadalwaysathome.com to find out more about that. And the the wonderful piece is that you also get a live calls every every week for six weeks with me. They begin on April 19th. We'll be meeting on Mondays at noon to one Eastern Standard Time. And if there's a big enough group and we need another time, I will add in another time to fit our needs. But right now we're starting at Mondays, 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there are live calls doing a little bit of these check-ins, setting themes and intentions for the week. But then there's a little bit of this kind of transformational guide aspect that I do with Michelle in today's session. So again, you can find out more about that, but let's go ahead and now sit with Michelle. Okay, I am with Michelle, and Michelle has been another wonderful soul who's volunteered her time to share her story, to share your story, Michelle. with all of us, who's anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, uh, to just to give a little glimpse into your world, but also to for me to be of service to you and and offering you tools in this self discovery session. So first of all, welcome Michelle, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to participate. Yeah. And so we were talking a little bit prior to this recording about what you're going to be sharing today and and what the session's going to look like, but I'll just recap for you and for anybody who's listening for their first time listening into a session. So what you and I will do in just a moment is center together just to bring our energy together and anybody who's joining the conversation by listening, they'll they'll be able to come together and center with us. And then we'll have a conversation a bit about what's happening in your life and how you're feeling that in your body. So a lot of the work <clears throat> that we're doing here is the somatic practice. So the experience of your body. So 
we'll we'll have some questions there. And then the second part of our, our talk today will be me offering you specific resources to empower you to embody your your trans your transformation. So how does that sound for you, Michelle? That sounds really great. Um, I feel like a lot of people with the pandemic just feeling a little tired and stuck. So I think um, any option for some new direction or new activity or new um, experience is really great to like work on your energy and work on your thinking. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, good. Thank you. So what we're going to do, Michelle, is we'll just come to somewhere you would look like you're already pretty comfortable, but if in a, you can adjust yourself if you need to in a comfortable seat. And I'll also invite you today to place your hands somewhere, maybe on your body that you feel needs just a little bit of extra support and acknowledgement, whatever that is for you. And that even could be hands on. Yeah, that's perfect. And then you can close your eyes or focus on a point ahead. And what we're just going to do here is we'll take our three, we'll take three collective breaths together. So take a deep breath into your body, fill up your container. And then as you exhale, just let a sigh out and let your bones land where you are here right now. And then we'll again fill up with your inhale and let, let your breath move into your hands. And as you exhale this time, can you see if you can maybe soften a little bit in the space of your container? We'll fill up one more time. Deep breath and breathe into your hands, breathe into your full body. And as you exhale, let your body receive the hands. Feel the weight, the support, the connection of your hands to body. And you can take the next few breaths, just a natural breath now, and just acknowledge any shifts that might be occurring if you notice sensations or thought or emotion that's stirring here. Just sit with that for the next few breaths. We're not trying to label it or judge it or do anything with it. Just simply notice what you notice here. And then if there's a message that you are receiving, whether it's through this sensation, a feeling, or a thought, or anything else, Take these next two breaths to be receptive, receive what it is that's here for you now. And whenever you feel you are ready to transition back into sharing in this space, you can open the eyes. Okay. So how are you feeling? What, anything you want to share in that centering experience? 
right now, um, I think I'm feeling pretty centered, but I have not spent a lot of time um, meditating on my own. I'm a school teacher, so I've done a lot of breath work and centering with my students and have spent the past maybe week or two because we're transitioning back to school and it's going to be spring. So I've spent a lot of time grounding with them, heavy pelvis activities, um, breathing in a way where you feel like you can't get knocked over. And, um, (laughs) you know, selfishly, I do it a little bit for myself as well. But sitting here and doing that with you made me realize how um, I feel like my my external vessel, if you will, is rigid and stiff. Mm. And I had my hands on my heart and um, it was really hard to soften and breathe. Mm. So that makes me feel, um, or makes me recognize at least that maybe um, the inside and the outside aren't really matching right now. Okay. The inside and the outside aren't matching right now. What can you explain a little bit more what that means for you? How they're not Um, matching? I guess, you know, as things shift with the pandemic and things opening up, I guess um, I got into a real routine at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am going back to commuting over an hour to New York city starting on Monday. So maybe, you know, dealing with that and recognizing that, um, you know, maybe this exercise is, is something I need to pay a little bit more attention to, uh, moving through the next couple of days. But I think, um, being able to, to, uh, talk and give out um, in, a, in a real genuine way feels really good. Um, but right in this moment, I guess, which I didn't really realize, um, my body doesn't feel how my brain mm-hmm. and, and how what I've been speaking, I guess, for a, past cup, for a while now, um, doesn't feel like it matches up right at this moment. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So you're saying for a while now, do you have a, you're just, you're just acknowledging it as you're speaking, but as you're speaking, are you feeling like maybe, you know, what that while has been or. Um, it just depends on if you can just give me some direction, maybe on how, how big and how wide I'm supposed to cast this net of what I'm. Oh, it's your net experiencing it's your neck to cast cast um well yeah um the weekend that the world kind of shut down for the pandemic Mm -hmm. I actually had a moving truck at my family house and I moved out of my house to an apartment um with the intention of getting out of my 20 year marriage. Um, so the pandemic didn't really affect me in the beginning. Like it did everyone else. I was in kind of survival mode with, Mm. thank God I had a job and another place to live. But, um, it was survival mode for a really empowering moment and dealing with things that, maybe I knew were coming, but didn't really know how to handle or understand. And then that evolved into 
trying to have my children understand what was happening. They're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't going to force them really to do the back and forth. Um, but uh, eventually developing into a routine after the summer where I travel between two homes, I genuinely um, in my heart have accepted that I have two places to live right now. Um, one very much my own, um, which is really liberating and empowering. Mm-hmm. And one um, where my children live. And it's a very different family situation than I envisioned, obviously, um, even though I knew um, I wasn't in the right relationship for a super duper long time. Um, there was nothing necessarily wrong, but um I wasn't my true self and I wasn't being honored in a way that I was my best self. And I think that the person you spend your life with or spend time with, even if it's a friend should really bring out your best. Um, So struggling with the pandemic, struggling with paying my own bills and being okay and knowing that I was going to be okay. Um, I bought my own car, which I'd never done before. Um, I had to be okay with developing a home that would not necessarily include my children, which as a mother, um, you know, I know my kids are going to go off to college soon and that transition will happen naturally, but this is a very different experience to choose to live somewhere else. Um, as a school teacher, uh, you're of service to your students. Um, I'm supposed to be teaching academic subjects and I found myself every day pulling more and more from my yoga practice and from my yoga teachings. So that was a really big shift for my job. Um, and within a lot of that, just balancing the depletion of energy, right? Cause it's intense. Um, I think we can all say the pandemic period is intense. I think we all have pandemic fatigue at this point, whatever you're doing, and then throw on top of that, um, working on getting divorced. And then of course, because that was not enough, um, my daughter developed an eating disorder. Mm. Um, so that's been another layer, which has actually been a little bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of recognizing things about um, my ex-spouse and my relationship with my family and my child, as well as my relationship with myself as an independent, strong woman, which Mm -hmm. has been really great. And uh, now it's just the transition of going back into work, um, separating from being home all the time, uh, getting dressed, going every, going somewhere every day and, uh, you know, hoping it's a step towards coming back to the new way that life is going to be because life is never going to go back to what it was. Um, you know, but knowing that the rug could be pulled out from at any moment, because if there's a, a spike in the pandemic or if something happens, you know, um, we're all living through this time of, of uh, uncertainty on top of uncertainty, which is all new for us. So that's um, been my cycle. Um, and to survive it, I have walked miles. 
and miles and miles. That has been my saving grace through this, through this past year at the very least. Are you talking literally miles? Literally hours. (laughs) I think I, I think I've gone through three pairs of sneakers Um, and I, on purpose, I hate cold weather, Mm -hmm. but on purpose, I purchased like insulated leggings so that as long as I told myself that as long as it was over 30 degrees, I would go, um, and yeah, hours, two hours, three hours. Um, and I was fortunate to have the time, um, and I'm, and I see that I'm starting to, you know, I took a little bit of a break, but I'm starting to get back into it again. And last week by accident, it was two and a half hours. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's calmed my mind and my body, like nothing else has been able to in the past year. And because of my yoga background, I do have a lot of tricks and tools in my toolbox and just some of them just aren't, they're not accessible right now. I understand that. And we'll talk a little bit more about those resources in a bit, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, thank you, first of all, for sharing so much. And I have a lot to ask you and uh, a little bit more, but um, where you just ended was you were saying you walked for miles and miles, two or three at a time. And that was the only thing that calmed your mind and your body. And so can you, Mm -hmm. um, can you describe what that means and what that feels like? Um, I think it's interesting because my brain has never been more exhausted than this past year. I think for a lot of people, it's the same, but again, figuring out bills, figuring out how to run my expenses, trying to navigate my kids, mommy guilt, my brain just would not shut up. Um, and I was trying like cortisol inhibitors and CBD gummies and nothing. Um, and I love to walk. I really am not a huge exercise person. So I noticed, um, that it literally took at least a half an hour for my brain to shut up. Um, sometimes I walk with just headphones, the, the feeling of the headphones in the ears, it's a good pressure point. So I put the earbuds in usually with nothing. Okay. And to try to calm myself down in the head, I kind of like, okay, like blue sky, clouds, trees, leaves, you know, I know every detail of every house on the walk or, you know, whether Mm -hmm. I'm walking here or in town. Um, So, but I noticed it took a, I walked until I got calm Mm -hmm. and then I kept walking because it felt really nice. So mm-hmm. I think that's why it ended up, I ended up walking for as much time as my schedule allowed me, as opposed to, oh, I, you know, I'm going to walk three miles today. It yeah. wasn't, I never clocked my miles or checked my steps. Well, I'm not going to lie. One day I checked my steps and it was over 25,000 steps, but <laughs> um, it, yeah, that was like a bunch of phone calls and I just kept walking. Um, yeah. But I noticed that at, when I hit that point, I felt better. So if I felt better and I didn't need to be anywhere and nobody needed me, I just bless you. I just kind of, I just kept going 
until it got dark. And then I bought a reflective vest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I guess I exhausted my body to match my mind so then mm-hmm. I'd be able to sleep. Interesting. And then I discovered, and then I discovered magnesium glycinate, which is a lifesaver. What is that? What did you magnesium say? Oh, mag- glycinate. Oh, oh yes, yes, magnesium, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Life saving. Okay. When you so I'm I'm curious to know when you were saying uh, you're walking to it sounds like you're unwinding. Yeah, you were saying like you're walking to clear your mind to to get it calm and then and then you just continue to walk until it was just because it was nice. Were you have you been finding that because you're this is a routine now that these unwinding times are getting shorter and you're now just walking to just it's nice. Yeah, you're not yeah. in your head. Yeah. Okay. And I've been able to like handle walking and and making the phone calls I've needed to make or um, you know, I've been in a mode where I've been reaching out to a lot of different people. Um, you know, and I think that's why, um, your call, if you will, for this podcast, having known you before, um, I feel like I'm in a position in my life now where you just never know who knows someone or who you could be of service to. Um, so it's been really great. I've, I've been connecting with all kinds of people from so many different phases of my life. Um, and I think because everyone's been feeling so isolated, it's been really welcoming and really inviting and really um, surprising and exciting to see the different paths that people have led me on. Yeah. Really cool. That's beautiful. And so yeah. to go back into the experience of your body, so you were saying your your mind was exhausted, so you kept walking to basically match the exhaustion of your body with your mind. I don't think I did that on pur- I don't think I did that on purpose. Okay. But I think it definitely just kind of happened. Okay. Because I'm I normally, you know, do exercise or I went to the gym or at the very beginning when I moved out of my house I was doing um this intense cardio stuff and I was doing Ashtanga yoga and I was doing a lot. I was probably in really good shape for about four months. And then I hurt my back, which is like a typical for me. And then I kind of had to start over and the starting over led me to the walking because the weather got nicer. And then it just never like wherever I was when I went to the beach, I just, I had to walk. Like it just, it was the right thing to do for my body. Yeah. Um, And I really, Calming, liberating, quiet, um, you know, and it's, it's a form of exercise that I know I can do until I'm, until I'm old. So, or until I'm young, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and it's, I guess it's been my form of meditation because I have not been able to get myself to sit and do like a traditional formal practice. It's, um, it's been nearly impossible. Yeah, I I completely understand that. I think especially because we have been in, quote unquote, a lockdown and in this space of of not moving in the the trajectory of our lives and not knowing. And then to have us be physically still has been extra challenging. So finding those spaces of like you walking for me, it's dance. It's like getting us still moving, even in that space of like 
feeling stuck, as you said before. Yeah. So I'm really curious to know a little bit more of the word, why you choose, choose this word exhausted, because you're saying exhausted of the mind to get exhausted in the body to match that. But then when you were just speaking of it, um, you're, you're using words like calming, liberating, quiet. So, and you were also speaking earlier about this sort of disconnect, right? of um, the internal and the external. So yeah, I'm wondering if we can look at that a little bit more, if you know what it, you're lighting up a little, so maybe there's something. No, I know there. what you mean, and it's interesting because um, I spent so much time with someone who I don't think listened to my words that I'm learning that people actually listen when I speak. Um, but I'm gonna say that when you listed all of those words, they're all, they're all definitely part of my truth for this. Yeah. Um, I don't know about other people, but I know for myself, um, from the outside, um, people know me as an energetic person who can keep going and going and going. Um, but behind the scenes, there are days and this is for years. I've always been like this. I literally collapsed. So like, even right now I had to like go make myself a cup of like caffeinated tea. I'm like, I could seriously brush my teeth and go to bed right now and not wake up till tomorrow morning. And I wouldn't. Um, so I go through phases of that. And I guess, you know, because we didn't have so much to do all the time, um, not out of depression or anything like that, but the, the need to kind of match the brain stuff with the body stuff. And I will say exhaustion because I was dealing with so many intense things all at once, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of intense stuff that you like laugh and cry at the same time. And you're like, no freaking way. Like this can't be me. Yeah. Um, and then it just kept piling on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then of course, unfortunately, um, with the pandemic and the illness, I know people who've gotten sick. I know people who've died. Like it just, it just, I was just feeling like, really, like, really, this is what's going on next. Really? So for me, the exhaust, the, I guess the best way for me to explain it is there's like my intellectual side that's how I am. I like to understand things. I, I went to become a yoga teacher because I needed to understand what the teacher was talking about, the yoga teacher and the teacher wasn't explaining it. So I think my cerebral, um, intellectual side was exhausted. Mm. I couldn't comprehend the fact that I really finally moved out of the house, that I really finally was you know, going to restart my life and do something different. And I really was not going to have the traditional, typical family. And I really wasn't going into New York City. And this fall, when I went back into New York City, and it looked like the apocalypse, because my my uh, area where my school is, everything's boarded up and closed. Yeah. Intellectually, it's too much. It's what do you mean so-and-so died? What do, you, what do you mean another person died? What do you mean this? What do you mean this one lost their job? It was like too much intellectually. So there's that intellectual, I'm going to say that for me, that was the exhaustion. And then I guess the other words that you're pointing back to me are my emotional and spiritual and 
ephemeral side of this of this experience if that makes some sense in any way shape or form yeah um because i do i am a very emotional person but i think because it took me almost a decade to to do what i've done this past year i think intellectually the exhaustion hit so much quicker because of the pandemic and because like it just doesn't sound real yeah you know and i'm not reporting like every little detail of my stuff to you but you know everyone's pandemic story is going to be unreal but to literally move like i was like oh i need tupperware to go back to work on monday and then i found out that the schools were closed so it like you know, there's that other layer. So does that help answer that? Oh, definitely. But so what I'm, I'm listening to you, but the, what I, I'm inviting you to look at is where do you want to end up, right? We, we don't want to continue to reinforce this exhaustion, right? So there no. was a period of time that you were exhausted and cerebral, right? But we don't want to necessarily match that in our body. That's what you were saying. So how can we rephrase this now? How can we start to re rewrite your story? And that, yes, you have this level of intensity. We're all, you know, like you said, the collective story was quite intense. Your personal story is quite intense. Um, there is this sense of, yeah, it was intense. It was exhausting. But instead of the body trying to catch up to that exhaustion, how can we transform these words that we use? Because the words are very powerful. How can we use a different word to get us to where we want to be? Um, the calm, the, the liberating, the quiet. So I walk to quiet the mind. I walk to quiet the body. I walk to da da da. Instead of I walk to exhaust my body to match the exhaustion of my mind. Do you understand? Does that feel different? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And a lot of and honestly, a lot of what I've been doing this year is the reframing. It's the cognitive behavior therapy. It's the flipping of you know, every single word in my head, um, for a long time, I was journaling it out and journaling it out. And, um, so yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. So I think the concept, if you will, of, um, inviting in the calm more and inviting in the liberating more. So for me walking, I love being outside because it's the fresh air is invigorating and the fact that I'm walking and I don't have to go somewhere or be somewhere or get somewhere is liberating and freeing. And that's really part of what I want in my future. It's what I'm working on every day Mm -hmm. um, is strengthening that piece of myself so I can feel confident and I can feel, um, I don't even know. Confident is a really good word. For me, it's it's confident. It's feeling free. It's feeling honest. It's feeling open. Um, I think it's all of those words kind of mixed together that I want. I want to keep building more of yeah. because I lost a lot of that 
um, as I, as I grew up in my marriage, I lost a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So we'll, we'll keep continuing on the word, the word journey. Uh, but I want to ask you a couple of questions now, um, really specifically to the experience of your body. So when I, when we set this up, I sent you some questions. And so I'll, I kind of ask a few of them, but we might dance around, but I'm curious to know what, what do you hope in connecting more intimately with the experience of your body in a new way? And you sort of touched on that a bit, but if you can talk a little bit more. The first thing that comes, well, there's two things that that come to mind. Um, One is not necessarily body positivity, but feeling more comfortable in my body for me and not for another person. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, you know, trusting my own instinct around looking at my body, around feeling what feels good in and on my body kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. I mean, I think very naturally coming out of a very long relationship um, is the whole sexuality component um, for for being in your body. It's a different experience. It's a different outlook. It's a different um, everything. So um, I think that's a really huge piece of my next chapter in, in, in continuing to develop and grow on my path. Mm. Is there anything that you're fearing that, that might come up as you connect more deeply? Um, I think part of it is just general fear of the unknown and starting um, physical relationships with other people. Um, And not knowing, um, I don't know how connected this is to body stuff, but you know, that idea of of joy, um, having having joy, because um, we haven't been doing much for a year. You know, um, a great day to me has been going for my walk, um, and that does bring me joy, right? But um, experiencing joy with other people, experiencing more joy within myself, um. And I guess what what that feels like for me or what I envision that is some is a form of contentment with where I am and who I am and who I'm with and my space and my thoughts, you know, and what's in my gut. Yeah. Yeah, joy comes up a lot. 
That's a conversation that comes up a lot. So, yeah. And so in terms of the fear you were saying and the fear of the unknown and then fear of possibly relationships with romantic relationships with other physical relationships with other people, um, is that more of, does that go back to your relationship to your body or is that in relationship to being in relationship with other bodies, if that makes sense? It does. And I think the correct adult answer is um, you have to be in close connection with your own body before you can kind of be intimate with another body. Um and I know that that's the right answer. There's no right or wrong answers. In well, you know what I mean? I know there's no right or wrong, but yeah. I think that that's the healthiest answer. Okay. And I think that it's something that I've been struggling with as part of my relationship. And then now I'm like, I kind of would rather figure it out with a person that I trust than, um, figure out a lot of it on my own. And I know that that um, is healthy in some ways and is not healthy in other ways, you know, and it's, it's something as simple as like, you know, wearing a bikini on the beach, which is something I would not do right now. But if somebody told me like, you know, you have a great figure, let's go buy a bikini. Um, and I really was enjoying and trusting that person, I would be more likely to do it versus me just doing it on my own. Um, you know, that's like a very surface thing. Um, but, um, I haven't had a lot of experience, I guess, in my relationship where I was asked or um, where physicality was discussed. So I think that that's um, a really huge place to explore and grow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I kind of want to just play around with this for a little bit because you're talking about the correct answer and what you should be saying but I want to know what Michelle right now is feeling so what we're going to do just for a second just shake your take your arms and just shake them out yeah and if you want to stand up too and just like get up and shake out I'm working on this with my therapist and I don't know why I'm using these words, but yes, (laughs) honestly though, to be really honest, what I said to you is like, but but that's how I really feel. I think those words are real. I know I'm not supposed to say should. I know that there's no right. And there's no supposed tos. That's that. I know that too. Listen, I don't say that anymore. I don't know why I'm being triggered to say them now, but I am. You're being on your best behavior right now. So I hope my therapist is not listening. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> there is, this is, there's, this is a safe space. And I'm sure know, everybody, yeah. And everybody who is listening, they, they are appreciating your vulnerability. And they're really appreciating that you are sharing so much and being really authentic and not, 
you can throw away the shoulds and the supposed tos because I think that's what, where the fear is too, right? And what you said about your your ex of him not really hearing your words. And mm-hmm. and right now it's it's almost like you're you're editing your own self. Right, but we want to hear your words. We want to hear your words. We don't want to hear what you should be saying or the version of what he might have heard or whatever. We want to hear you right now. <laughs> well, let's let's be perfectly honest then. Yeah. It's um I mean, it's a really intimate conversation when you talk about your body experiences mm-hmm. and you talk about coming out of a 20 20- something year relationship um you know there's hours and hours and you know to be honest I haven't even addressed it with my therapist yet because it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about (laughs) and there's going to be a lot to dig around but I haven't I haven't gone there yet because it's not it's not important to me right this second because I'm still working on me and um you know, like I'm really happy sitting in my, my new place and like sitting on my couch and watching my TV. And like, you know, I said that word exhausted before. Um, it feels like a collapse, you know, it just, um, sinking into that space and learning, wow, like it's not my weekend. I'm not responsible for anyone. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, your best girlfriend when you could sit around and like talk about sex or talk about going to the bathroom or, you know, all of these (laughs) things that you could really get into if, if you're with the right people and you're that kind of person. Um, you know, maybe you'll have to have me back to like have the intimacy (laughs) conversation. I don't think I'm really ready to do that right now. Um, Actually, I'll tell you, I'll take out the think. I'm definitely not ready to do that right yeah. now. Um, but I think it's important for me to know and recognize that this is a this will be a large piece of me becoming whoever I am next within myself. Because I know I'm always going to be me, but... Yeah. Um, that it's going to be a big piece and it's really, um, as much as I'm afraid, I think it's really exciting and I think I'm going to learn a ton and I feel like I'm coming out of a place where I was super stuck for a super long time. So it's going to be awesome. Um, but I don't know what else to say. That's okay. You don't have to say it. You don't have to know. It just comes and flows. So it's really interesting because I, I didn't I didn't speak specifically. I wasn't asking you originally about intimacy with another person or even um, intimacy in that way with your own. I was just talking about feeling connected to your body and, and recognizing the sensations in your body and what comes up in the experience of your body. And so that that was the, where I was starting. And then it's interesting that you came came to that place. And so whenever the time comes, then that'll be that'll be your journey to explore. But what I'm really curious to know more about for you is just um, how you listen to your body. Is there you know is it is there some sort of fear of just listening to your basic needs in terms of 
you know, oh, it's time to eat now, or oh, it's yes, it's time to go to the restroom, or oh, I'm having this sensation when I'm walking for hours and hours in my ankle, or oh, maybe I should turn back now, or um, listening to, oh, this feels good, I feel relaxed right now in my body. What does feel, what does relax feel like in my body? Oh, my shoulders soften, my jaw relaxes. Um, these kind of connections to the body. Does that make sense? Yes. So I hope I don't forget my train of thought. So two things. Yeah. One, one is that for me, I think that's that train of thought came up because it is part of your physicality and how you feel in your body. You know, um, even just something as silly as like, you know, replacing all your underwear. Um, it's like, you know, you, whatever, like, who are you going to dress as that day? Like, right. You go in your closet and it's, you know, you're playing dress up. Like as much as you're being your authentic self, it's, you know, you are playing dress up. Right. So there's that element, which kind of led to the intimacy piece. And then to be very honest, I'm untangling years and years and years and years of being in an okay relationship and knowing so deep down that something was not right to the point where I made myself sick. I kept running around to different people because they were not helping me. And I knew, and it was, it was something that I didn't want. So I feel like I was super disconnected for so long that now um, with that whole piece now gone and I know that I'm right in, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know that I am not sick. I know that I am not crazy. I know that there's nothing wrong with me. Um, The connection, the wiring is still so new and is really forming for me. And I think that's part of why I use this. It sounds negative, but I don't, the word exhausting is not negative to me. Um, And I think it's because there is so much growth going on. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like how a new baby sleeps all the time or or teenagers eat Mm -hmm. like crazy and then they're sleeping all the time. You know, adults are not, I I don't have the time to do that. I'm a mom, I work. I have stuff to do. I run a private business on the side. Um, I'm trying to take care of myself and, you know, take care of my brain, take care of my body, eat good food, you know, laugh at something every day, whatever it is, right? Um, That I do, you know, yes, the language we were using before, the calm, the freeing, you know, the relaxing, But I think part of my growth has been truly exhausting because it's been so much, so fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, I literally went from thinking I was nuts and what was I going to do with myself to, holy shit, how do I not feel bad because this is the right thing and this is really, really good. Yeah. Um, 
And that's the best way that I can think right now to explain my connection to my physical self. I feel people keep, people keep asking me about this idea of wholeness, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was in a divorce support group and I've joined some other groups and they're very interested when you're separated, divorced in knowing about, you know, feeling whole. Mm -hmm. There's this whole, there's this fear, I guess, you know, that you're going to run out and date and like, not really be ready or you're going to bring your baggage or you're going to make the same mistakes in the next relationship. And, you know, um, I feel like I'm all in one place now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily whole yet, but I know that all the parts are in the right place. Mm -hmm. I know that I can feel really good about, speaking my truth and not feeling bad and not feeling like something was wrong. And that feeling has overwhelmed any other bodily experience that I guess I've allowed myself to have or that I've allowed myself to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's really interesting that you're asking me these things and it's interesting to hear what's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's why my brain went the two ways that it went when you asked me the question about my, my body, because there's yeah. very much these two parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite interesting. And, and when I'm listening to you speak to, I'm thinking, about, well, you said something earlier about the joy. And and it sounds like you are doing a lot of the right things, right? The, putting us back into the shoulds. You're, you're checking off a lot of the boxes, but you're also, you're also experiencing joy within that. It's, it really does. It sounds like you're embod- you're, you are finding this way of embodying it. Um, and you're nodding your head. So I do, and you're smiling too. So yeah. I think that you yeah. agree. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, this is like no, audio. it's okay. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I interpret as well. <laughs> so, so what I'm, I'm curious to know is, you know, come coming back to the question of what, what is your hope for today for our discussion? Because it sounds like you're, do you want the confirmation that you're on the right path or is it that you want to be heard and seen, because that's what you were also saying about your ex not hearing your words, or is there something else that Michelle needs here right now? Um, I definitely don't think I need a bigger audience to be heard. I think if anything, um, you know, because my people know my my story and Um, it's been really great to speak to those people and my new favorite, um, thing I don't want to talk about is that it's, it's not my story to tell right now. Um, and it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's the acknowledgement that I'm on the right path because I feel it, I know it, and I've been doing it and that's beyond my wildest dreams. Um, but I do, um, I guess I do want to know more about, 
the integration of um, the part that I haven't been able to access, um, the fact that I haven't been able to sit mm. quietly, um, the fact that I lost, for now, my ability to um, sit and focus and sit and um, be calm and quiet. I went from having this practice to now I just kind of get up and go like, you know, running, 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 and then I go to bed. Um, You know, and finding ways to either recognize that things like my walk are the way that I'm going to be doing this or learning some more learning or being exposed to or hearing more um, ways that I can incorporate um, either new ideas. I know what I I know intellectually, I'll go back to what I said before. I know intellectually, um, but it's bringing it into a place of depth. It's, it's below the surface where it needs to be. Um, you know, and that's what always intrigues me because that's always been my biggest, biggest struggle mm-hmm. is, is how to really bring it into your cells and into your bones and, um, and be able to, um, the word that comes to mind is sit. And maybe sitting just isn't going to be my thing. Um, But I like the idea of sit because initially so many years ago, that's what brought me peace and calm and, um, and it's something that I have been running from because I didn't, I didn't like what was in there. I mean, part of the reason I got off my yoga mat is because I've spent way too much time crying and, you know, knowing that this wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so finding a way back there would be lovely. So just to clarify, so you used to sit with peace, but then as you were recognizing things were shifting in your world, that sitting turned into the crying on the mat. Mm-hmm. And now you want to find your way back to the sitting in peace. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Because well, I do think there's benefit to that, especially for someone who can run around all the time. Yeah. Um, and who, you know, walking's great. Um, but I also know that there's so much benefit to, to the stillness. Yeah. So... I want to sit with that for a little bit, but let's also, let's look really for a moment at your health, these healthy resources that you already have. So you have walking, we've made that clear. Um, What other healthy resources do you have in your practice right now, in your daily life right now? Um, Sometimes, sometimes the way I eat. And I'm going to say sometimes because I, I pretty much sabotage myself every night with too much ice cream. But I would say, you know, from morning until I open the tub of ice cream, um, I eat very clean, um, low, lower, no sugar, lower, no carb. Um, I need to drink more water. 
I will say that for sure. Um, honestly, with all the things that are probably in my toolbox, that's probably it. That's good. Those are two wonderful things, walking and eating healthy. Um, and, okay. and you have, and you, and we know that you have other tools, but those are just what you're not, you're not accessing right now. And so yeah. these unhealthy resources, you said ice cream at night is your guilty pleasure. Uh, is there anything else that you would qualify as maybe an unhealthy resource? If you mind sharing. I'm going to say now, no. I, I, my escape for when I, before I left my house, I slept okay. for hours, hours. Okay. And now, no, I, 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 you know, catnap. Yeah. Um, and I will say, honestly, during the pandemic, when I probably could have hid in bed and stayed under the covers, I, I maybe had three days of that. Yeah. I wouldn't let myself. I had maybe three days in bed and maybe two days where I watched, you know, TV all day long. Yeah. And then otherwise it was like, nope, get off the couch, get outside, go do what you got to. Like, I don't, I don't let myself, you know, fall apart. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this comes back to something that I wanted to speak to you about is giving yourself permission to fall apart. You know, giving yourself permission to sit or not to sit, right? Um, do you do you have any any sort of space and time that you have allowed yourself these these permissions? In the past year, no. And, and the first answer that I would give you is I'm ridiculously hard on myself and I'm working really hard on letting that go because it's super, it's, it doesn't serve me. Yeah. It definitely doesn't serve me on so many levels. Yeah. Um, again, I rely on other people for that and don't, I don't see it myself. If that makes sense, I get it. But I do have a group of really solid people who've been really supportive of me. And that's been the repeat message. So others are supporting you and saying you're doing a good job. That's what you're saying. Or back off. Yeah. Back off. Stop. Yeah. Too much. Doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't even have to happen. Exactly. Um, and I get that for work. I get that for my personal life. I get it for my kids. I get it. Um, I'm getting that for, for pretty much all parts of my life right Mm now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's part pandemic and part, you know, it's okay to fall apart when, when you have a big life shift, Yeah. you know, and, um, maybe that that conversation or the word of exhaustion is what I've allowed myself to use to collapse and and just shut off yeah because why else you know in my head why else would I do that kind of a thing yeah 
And when you eat your ice cream at night, are you enjoying it? Is there joy in that? Or is there guilt right away of I should have um, not eaten? There that? is, there is no guilt. Okay, good. Um, it usually when I want to draw back and like start fresh or detox, because I know if I don't eat it, there are times when I get, to, I'm pretty close to a point right now where I need to cold Turkey to stop. But if you do Briars, vanilla, Briars, natural <laughs> vanilla, if you look at the label, it's really not any different than eating like a Greek yogurt. It's really not. Okay. Calorie wise, whatever for a normal person. However, I will eat that tub. It'll take me three or four sittings to eat the tub, sometimes two. However, right now I'm on the Oreo cookies and cream. And the first mug, I eat it in a mug and the first mug tastes so good that I go for the second mug, eat it, feel like crap, but I'm not mad at myself for eating it. I'm just like, okay, I could sleep it off. That's why I do it at night. Like it's like drinking. Mm -hmm. I do it at night. So no big deal. Um, But no, I don't, I don't feel bad at all, but um, it is pretty funny because my kids are like, you know, you eat vegetables all day long, right? I'm like, yeah, as I'm like scooping, you know, and the Oreo ice cream is nowhere near as healthy. I mean, I buy organic, whatever, you know, um, I like reading the ingredients. Um, but no, I don't know what it is. And I eat it even when I'm freezing cold and it's 20 degrees outside. It's like a real problem. Um, but when why? I go cold turkey, yeah. then it's, you know, I might need to do that soon. Well, why can't it just be joyful? Why does it have to be labeled as a problem or I have to do it cold turkey? Do you enjoy it? I mean, do you actually enjoy the ritual of eating your mug of ice cream? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good, good. That's, That's important. Giving yourself permission for the joy and also giving yourself that permission of I ate the second one and I don't feel guilty. That's, that's what we want to embrace, right? Is that you're embracing the joy and you're also embracing the mess. And one of my students, she calls herself this beautiful mess. And so we're enjoy we're embracing our beautiful mess. We're embracing the joy and the messiness of our ourselves. I love that. I need to like hang that up on my wall. Yeah. I'm going to have her like get it trademarked or whatever. I'm sure it's probably somebody else's, but she said it so beautifully how she described her life, but yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do now, Michelle, is I'm going to share my screen with you and we'll go through a list and some things, um, some things we might not touch on just so you know, because they might, you might already, I already have a sense that you might know them, but, but there also might not be for you right now, but I'm going to give them all to you in the end when I email them to you. But what I'm going to do is kind of go through the list and we'll talk about what I think might be helpful for you. And so, this, yeah. And so this first one um, is for centering. And you you were speaking earlier about how you you have a lot of tools in your toolbox and centering your students. So I'll just invite you to feel free to use your own here. But the ones I have here that I think <clears throat> would be really important for you is what we did at the beginning when we centered with the hands on body is just to recognize recognize your body, right? Just bringing the hands to your heart center or onto your legs, whatever it is, just to acknowledge you, to be seen, to be heard. And I often think of my hands being the eyes and ears. So kind of leaning in and letting your hands listen to what's happening in there. Listen to your breath. 
feel and hear your breath. And a lot of times when we have sensations in the body, right? If you think about a sensation of, you know, it might start with like a little twinge in your neck, right? And it's uncomfortable. But when we're not listening to it, when we're not listening to it, then it turns into a whole big painful, like I can't even turn my head from side to side, right? So it gets louder and it gets louder and it gets louder. And so that's what, what we're experiencing when we have sensations in our bodies is that all it wants is to be seen and heard. So placing your hands on a place, you know, maybe it's your heart space, you know, that's where you went to intuitively today. Maybe your heart needs to heal. Maybe um, in the Chinese medicine, the lungs are grief. And even though this was your choice, you, there's still a, an essence of, of grieving, right? Of grieving that old life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so maybe it is bringing hands to the lungs or maybe it's, you know, feeling anger and it's bringing hands to that solar plexus or whatever it is, but just, and you don't even have to label it and you don't even have to know why, but just really being tuned into where are my hands going? And you can be curious and ask the question of like, why, why am I placing my hands on my neck today? Right? Or why am I placing my hands onto my jaw? And you can ask those questions, but don't expect an answer. Just let mm-hmm. your hands be the eyes and ears. And if a message comes, it comes. If it doesn't, that's okay too, right? And so using that to center you, the here and now I'm feeling is basically it, the dialogue that you have with that. Um, so and not and not labeling it as painful or pleasurable or comfortable or uncomfortable, but getting really descriptive. You know, um, the vibration is localized in my upper left shoulder. Um, it has a high vibration or it has a color or whatever that is for, you know, in that moment in time. Just get really curious and and give it words. Let it be seen. Let it be heard through your words. Uh, another wonderful thing I think would be helpful in your centering is a mantra. So do you work with mantras at all, Michelle? I have a closing mantra that I used for when I taught yoga. And that's kind of what I use. But going back, it's so funny as you were talking about this. Yeah. I think it's the fact that I'm hard on myself and the permission piece because the hands on my body brings us right back to where we started. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of accepting, okay, this is where I am now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the mantra that I have, which is perfectly fine, but for some reason I'm like, this is not my breathing mantra and therefore I don't sit and breathe, um, is maybe, may we be filled with loving kindness. May we be peaceful and at ease. May we be well. May we be happy. And when I practice on my own, I change the we to I. Um, But I actually, from the reading I've done, I think I need to take it a step further and use my name as opposed to the I to bring that next. Supposedly, there's something in your brain that when you talk to yourself in the third person, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but when you talk to yourself in the third person, you can then hear yourself differently um, as opposed to using I. So I think it's a beautiful mantra. 
And you can definitely continue to use that and integrate it into your life. But what I'm feeling for you right now is that you haven't been giving yourself permission to feel some other stuff. And to say, may I be peaceful, may I be da-da-da, is almost like your way of escaping that other stuff. I'll agree with you 100%. <laughs> so, and do you journal? Did you did you say you journal at all? Um, I did. Okay. If journaling, and journaling might not be your thing, but that's okay. But I'll just share with you how I experience getting a mantra for myself. Uh, and yeah. so what I, what I do is I'm a huge journaler, journaler. So I write, I write, I write, I write, I write, and I really let out whatever it is that I don't want anybody else to hear or, you know, even when I don't edit myself in any way. And so when I, when I work through that, I see words, I'll find words that are a pattern, you know, that I keep seeing over and over again. And it might be that I'm seeing that I'm angry or I'm seeing that I, I don't see anything in this process of joy. There's nothing here that has any sort of sense of joy. And so when I was doing a lot of inner work and I was like, okay, like you, I was really hard on myself. Like, let's do this. I should be healed by now. This has been five years already. Why am I not at the point where I thought I should be? And I was, you know, I was doing all the quote unquote right things with my, my yoga practice and everything. But then what I was realizing was that there was no joy in this. It wasn't joyful. And so my mantra has been move with joy. And so when I started to just breathe with that, that wasn't telling me I had to be joyful. <laughs> that wasn't may right. I be joyful. It was just, okay, I'm going to move with joy and just see. That's one of the mantras that I've worked with. Um, Right now, mine is uh, leaning in with curiosity. So I, I want to lean in and be curious about what's here for me now? What's going around that corner, right? So I, that's, that's how I find it is just through the journaling, through my experience. Maybe for you, it's, it's talking with your friends. And then just kind of take a little bit of time, a space after that and reflect and say, okay, well, not like lacking in that I'm not good enough and I don't have X, Y, and Z, but okay, what do I want to invite more into? And it's not that I may, I be this right now. Maybe it's just moving with it so that you give yourself that permission to feel whatever you are feeling and not with guilt. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. How does and... it feel? The journaling, um, when I do it for the CBT, it's been it's been great because it helps me to see. In the past, when I journaled, I always got to a place where, you know, I saw my truth and wasn't leaving. So that was painful. And I think now it's like, you know, um, I, see, I still think I have some fear around finding out what I'm going to write on paper sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel that because I've been through so much that I can't handle anymore right now. And I'm sure that's not true because I've already handled way more than I ever thought I'd have to handle at once. Yeah. But it's so much easier said than done when you talk about giving yourself permission and you talk about um, not being hard on yourself. Yeah. Those are things that in, as an adult that I've recognized so much and um, my tendency is to go outward. So it is to like 
talk to Phoebe and see what Phoebe has to say, um, you know, and read Glennon Doyle's books like 500 times, um, you know, and be obsessed with her. Um, but it's that inside piece that I know is so there and I know would be really fine. I mean, I tap into it a little bit. I'm sure I, I, I mean, I must, but that full letting go, letting in and being, which is why I went to yoga in the first place 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, I've been able to use it and work it and live it in other parts and in other places. But when we, when we talk about this slice Mm -hmm. of intimacy with yourself, it just, yeah, it just, you know, I'll sit here to be like, if I'm going to go come up with my own mantra, I won't find one because it won't be the right one. It won't be the best one. It won't be the good one. And I know that that's, Mm. there should be a mantra for the moment. Mm. And then, and then it's okay. Like there's no rules. There are no rules. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm intellectually aware of all that. I'm going to, I'm going to offer you too, just based on what you said was I give myself permission. Okay. I'm going to write these down. Yeah. And I'll write the, and I'm sending this to you as well. I give myself permission. I allow ease. Okay. And that way, whatever comes, yeah, it's not, it's not ushering off, right? The hard stuff, the dark stuff. It's you're giving yourself permission and that you can allow yourself that ease. The other thing I was feeling when you were speaking is words, words on paper is, it it is scary to see sometimes. Yeah, I can see, I mean, I actually went on a rabbit hole last night reading some journals from high school or no, from college. And I was like, whoa. And that was a really, really hard time in my life with my father. And um, it was scary to see. (laughs) So I completely understand. But when I was listening to you speak and I was just picturing you walking and walking and walking and doing your phone calls. And I was thinking, what if you recorded, let's pre, let's call Michelle today. So let's call oh, Michelle okay. and do a voicemail memo and just talk and just let it out. And you could go and listen to it again or you could delete it. But what if you just started to talk to a friend? a friend being you and just record it and see what comes up. And if you don't like it and you're not ready for it, just delete it. But there might be some juice. There might be some gems there that you're recognizing. You're finally hearing yourself, right? That's the thing is that you weren't feeling heard in your relationship. And what if you haven't been hearing yourself this whole time? And so what if you get well, to live? Well, I've been ignoring because I've been ignoring it because who would walk away from what from the outside looked yeah. really nice. Yeah. So what if you get so, yeah. to, yeah, what if you get to, what if Michelle gets to listen to Michelle and see that Michelle's actually a really beautiful person, you know, ice cream, tubs of ice cream and all. <laughs> 
Um, and there might be some gems there that offer you other mantras too. But for now, since you were saying you feel like you would judge it in some way, we can start with those mantras that I offered you if they feel like they resonate with you. Okay. Um, the other ones, in terms of the grounding, I think that you probably have a lot of resources on your own, especially since you do teach, but is there anyone there that you feel like you wanna know more about or um, feel connected to? Um, I definitely do the first two, for okay. sure. And they definitely work. This middle one 100% works with the okay. identifying your surroundings, mm -hmm. you know, doing it five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of an altar and I've been playing around with it um, for years. And I think now that I know that my space is going to be my space, um, I think that that's my next step. And, I, and I, I'm envisioning it more like a kind of like a vision board combo between an altar and a vision board. Um, I'm a very tactile person. So I like the idea that it's not something that you just look at. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be really interesting, I think. And I'm a pack horse. So I'm sure as I go through things, um, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've got it and I've got the things that I would want and need for my life and for my future. Yeah. So that could be really great. Beautiful. Good. Yeah. I mean, and I love that you took that somewhere else. I, the, the, so this item is have a small I, I altar item with you to touch. And this is really oh. great, but we'll, we're going to talk about what you just said. Cause I think that's really, really good. You just, you just gave your own at homework exercise <laughs> but yeah the the altar item is having it on your person at all times so that you know for me it's you know what i wear around my neck so if i feel disconnected or anything and this is a, something that i bought with my mom and my grandmother present so i feel very connected to them so i might you might see like i'm touching that at some point so it's having that um what anchors you in that moment and so that might be so, when you're walking, you know, you have something in your pocket that you can touch. You know, if you feel like your mind's going to a place that is not feeling safe or, or whatever it might be for you that you can touch and it can anchor you in that moment. Um, so if that if that's something that resonates, you're nodding your head. So, yeah. OK. Yeah. I, used to, I mean, I used to use my mala beads all the time and I have them in a drawer and I can yeah, I actually, now that you're saying it, I miss the weight of them because I keep them on my wrist mm -hmm. and uh, I use them all the time, um, you know, and that's part of what I was, when I commute, what I used to do, I would, you know, move the beads and breathe or um, because I move too quickly as a teacher in the class, I'll move the beads um, to give kids time to think and talk. That would be my pause. Um, and look, you're just getting back into your sitting again, just like that. Right. The malas yeah. will bring you back to your sitting. Yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think that you creating your own beautiful space, your altar is is huge. That's a gift to you. It's bringing the joy. It's bringing um, reminding you that you're worth it and you're and and reflecting what you want to see in your life again and invite it in. So beautiful. Um, the other the other one's containment. This is really um you know, if you're if you're feeling unsafe in your body, you can give yourself little squeezes and hugs. We can do a little bit of 
tension and and this might be good for you if you're feeling that um, wanting that exhaustion right that kind of unwinding of the body is scanning the body at night before you sleep or it could be um, you know, after your walk and you're still like, why am I still wanting to go, right? You can do a little bit of a body scan and tighten and, and relax your muscles. Um, are there okay. any other ones in containment that you're looking at that you, I mean, I feel like you also know these pretty well. So I want to talk more specifically. I do. Um, the swaddle, I bought a weighted blanket. It's the best thing I've ever had. Oh, good. So to me, that would be the swaddle. Um, and then... Yeah, the other pieces, um, yeah, the other pieces I'm familiar with. Okay. Um, and the other, I guess in terms of containment, it's really interesting. For years, I was sleeping on the edge of my bed mm-hmm. to get far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just figured out last week that I could sleep in the middle of the bed. Yes, you um, can. And, and use all four pillows. Um, <laughs> I love it. And, it has come, I, I feel like it's the, it's the absolute simplest thing. I'm not going to call it something negative because I don't want to attach that, but like, oh my God, when you, when you sleep and you're not hanging off your bed anymore, um, I don't know how to sleep. Like I'm relearning how to sleep. And I feel like that's part of this containment thing because of the weighted blanket and, mm. you know, somehow the weighted blanket ended up on the floor and like, how does that even happen? It's weighted. So, um, yeah, so it's very interesting. Yeah, it is good. Well, I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you have that and you're going to continue with it. Um, Mm -hmm. the, what I really want to talk about, um, are these at the bottom, the, the primary resources. And so this will be your homework. I really, encourage you to look at a safe place, um, and a nurturing figure. Those are the two that I, and if you feel that you resonate with the protective and wisdom figures too, that's fine. But the nurturing figure, because Michelle is not nurturing herself. You might be nurturing your children, um, but it's time for you to nurture yourself. So what we're going to start with is if there is somebody that you know, that is the most nurturing person, if you get to have, if you've had that experience, or maybe it's an ideal, maybe it's, you know, um, a fairy tale character, or maybe it's a superhero, or I don't know. But whatever it is, it doesn't have to be an actual person that you know. Maybe it's just an idea, or maybe it's an energy. But to write about that, or maybe that's your first talk that you're going to uh, record on your walk, and and get really clear on what qualities this nurturing figure has. Get really quality. You can get from the external of what they look like. Right, but then get into what they, what the, what it is that makes them nurturing. What it is that makes you, what, how you feel when you're in their presence, or the idea of their presence, and then that's the important part is embodying it. So how does it feel to be nurtured? How does it feel to embody that nurturing figure for yourself? So you become the nurturer and the nurturee within yourself, um, because that's what I feel is is. Um, going to help you. Yeah. I don't want to say is missing, but is going to help you. It's going to empower you. And yeah. Yeah. And the safe place too. the safe place too. not that I I don't, I haven't been hearing that you're not in a safe place. You actually have your own space, which is probably very safe, but to recognize that. And if, you know, if it is your home now, get really clear on why does it feel safe to me? 
um, what I love, you know, how the light shines into the room and that makes me feel warm and whatever it is, get really descriptive on why this space feels or what you're still feeling like you want to invite in. And, and then again, get clear in, in that, but the externals, but then how it makes you feel in your body. When I feel safe, my shoulders relax a bit. My breath slows down. I don't feel like I have to run. Whatever it is, the conversation, let that flow. Because what we're doing is we're working from those externals and going mm-hmm. internally. And then okay. changing that pattern internally, somatically in the body. Okay. So that those are and i'm gonna sh- and I'm, i'll send you the all of this again in an email so you'll see that this chart but then you'll also i'll also give you your you know individual um prescriptions for that but how does how does that all feel for you do you have any questions um, i think what hit a nerve a little bit yeah um and i wish the i might my brain is terrible. Can you oh, put the page oh, yeah, back up? Yeah. Because then I'll be able to explain it. Yeah. Thank you. It's where we just were. Safe, nurturing. So, that, so, yeah. so the the nurturing figure mm-hmm. and the safe place, um, the safe place is getting redefined because it's a place without my kids. And mm-hmm. that's, I've been, I'm a mom, you know, mm-hmm. so that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And the nurturing figure, um, you know, when you were talking about me doing that for myself, you could take it off now if you want to, um, me doing that for myself, me being the nurturer and the nurturee, again, that goes back to the allowance of self and putting yourself in a position of coming first um, in so many ways and being a person of service makes that difficult. Um, and not to open another can of worms, but when I think about a nurturing thing, it's my mom, Mm -hmm. but I'm also battling the fact that she's getting older and she's not what she was Mm -hmm. and how you embody that for yourself, because someday your parents are not going to be here. So, um, it, it strengthens why the why it's so important for me to develop that skill of being able to nurture myself better and in different ways, um, and and use that as like a role model um, for maybe how to how to um, tap into that. But it uh, initially. Um, I'm, I'm putting my knuckles together. Like it didn't, it, it's a fighting concept for me. Yeah. Um, because how do you, how do you be of service? That's where I feel really good. That's why I'm a teacher. How do you be of service? And I know how to do that really well, but how, how, um, I know it's in me to do it but tapping into it and actually doing it is a real challenge and will be, will be my challenge moving forward for sure. And what I, when I'm listening to you, I want to also invite you to be more aware that it's not you, it's not 
using the nurturing figure as a way of protection, but it's just for the sake of nurturing. Does that, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But notice how I framed it yes. because that's how it, it, go, it goes back to yeah. being hard on myself, not letting my guard, not, not sinking in. Yeah. And it's all part of that thread that I really, um, you know, um, this conversation has really helped to expose and has really, you know, it's been interesting because I felt like I kind of plateaued on where I, where I am with my therapy with growing what's next for me spiritually and emotionally and all of that. And I feel like this is going to be really useful for my next building blocks, which will be really great. Good. The, what I just was, when you were just speaking, this is what, maybe this will be an invitation that maybe this will be, make it helpful, helpful. I'm going to share a little bit of my own journey, but then, and then I'll offer you a way of maybe approaching it for yourself. Because I think that you're probably a really wonderful mom. I, I'm not saying I think, I know. You're a beautiful mom, a wonderful mom. I think that you're a nurturing mom. And so what if you started to speak to yourself and treat yourself like when your kids were really, not the teenage kids, <laughs> but when they were really still so sweet and so, you know, just you wanted to tuck them in at night and read them books. What if you started to talk to yourself like that? Yep. Um, I've, read, I've read the books. Yeah. But it's not just read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You read the books to them. Yes. And so. No, I'm saying I read the books to do this for myself oh, oh. as an adult. It's not about reading the books. It's I know that. Yeah. I know that. It's about doing it. And that's. Yeah. It's I not know. even about doing that. It's about being that. Fair enough. Yeah. And so the last thing I'll say is so I. So I. I was speaking to my teacher a few months ago, and I can't remember the whole dialogue, but the gist of it came to a vision that I had of myself with my little child, me, my inner child, standing here. And I, adult self, was protecting her by kind of walking around with my back to her, kind of with this this ring of fire, right? Keeping, keeping the other people out, keeping her safe. And I, because I, I had to do that for a long period of time in my childhood, I had to protect myself. Nobody else was protecting me. So I had this vision of my little inner child walking around. And, and then what my teacher said to me, she said, just turn inward and look at her. And as soon as I did this, I turned in and looked at her and I held her. She felt safe. And she felt seen and she felt heard. Even though I was there protecting her and putting my back to her, keeping her from the outer world, I hadn't actually, she didn't see that. The back to her was a back to her. And what she, all, all she needed was for me to turn into her and hold her and say, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. And so I think at this, t and I'm seeing you right now, that's maybe what you need right now is just to turn inward and say, I feel you. I hear you. I see you. And so yeah. Michelle, right now I see you, I feel you, I hear you. And I'm so grateful that we had this time together and I really cannot wait to see how things unfold and you just be embodying this, not having to check things off a list and to do, but to really be it. Yeah. 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 
So thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity. This was really great. Yeah. Do you have anything else, any questions or anything else you have to before we No, I think it comes back to I, I've read the books, I've had the talks, I've got the tools, um, and it's you know, me. So yeah. it's it it's continuing to dig in. Um and uh, recognize that it's a, it's, you know, like I've been saying, it's a process. It's a, it's a process. It's a project. It's a, it just is what it is. And, um, to keep showing up. Yeah, for sure. And allow, I allow that. I even took ease out of it. Just I allow, I allow I like, and I give myself permission. Yeah. I like that. I allow. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. And we'll have to, like you said, maybe do a follow-up. We'll see what happens. Let me figure it out with my therapist, but yes. Um, But in the meantime, Phoebe, the weather's getting nice and warm. I look forward to trying um, the mantras and the phone call. I think that's a really doable activity. Um, And I see the value as opposed to pen to paper. Um, And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Have a good one. Thanks. (sighs) Bye-bye. That was such a great session with Michelle. I am really looking forward to how she makes her way through these transitional times. And it's exciting. You know, these these challenges we bump up against and and the choices that we get to start to make and, and make something new for ourselves. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of excitement for Michelle and, and where she's going. So we'll have to have her back and do a little check-in at some point. But um, where we are right now is letting you know how you can dive into your own self-discovery session. So if you're interested, go ahead and find me over at phoebeleona.com or nomadalwaysathome.com. They're leading to the same place by now. And you can sign up for a self-discovery session, or if you want to do this more so with a group, you can sign up for the six-week course of Who Are You Becoming? This is offering you, again, meditations, journal prompts, uh, my Movement 109 practice, so much more. There's so much more for you to dive into in six weeks, as well as live calls with me and a group that begin April 19th. So you have just a few more days if you're listening to this when we release it, but you can sign up at any time. The The calls are going to be ongoing. So if you don't sign up by April 19th, you can join us the following week or the following week or the following week. And if you're listening to this months out, we would love to have you join again. So yes, go ahead and join now. And a couple other places we're hanging out. I'm hanging out at Clubhouse now. You can find our club, The Nomad Collective, and you can hang out at our Facebook group, the new Facebook group, The Nomad Collective Collective with Phoebe Leona. So it's part of our new launch of our website and our branding. And I would love for you just go to explore and see what's new, what's happening, what's still there that we love so much, what we're enhancing, what we maybe got rid of just to make space for something awesome and new. So go and explore. And if this resume, this episode resonated with you, 
share your comments, share a review and uh, pass it along to somebody who might need it right now. Share the love with us. All right, my friends have a beautiful, beautiful day.